guys, I'm Bill Stevens, one of the pastors here. So glad that you guys are with us today. I had a, an interesting week this week. I, uh, um, I traveled. I was traveling to, to Kansas City. I had a, a conference, a two-day conference that I had to go to. It wasn't one of those really fun ones. It was just a conference you had to go to. And one of the pastors from here had to go. And so, of course, it's me because Jim is off playing again. Um, he's up in Montana fishing this week. And so, so I went and did the conference and worked on my sermon while I was there and in the airport. And, and so you're going to get the airport version today. Um, Jim, Jim's up in Montana fishing. It's so awesome. He sends a picture for us of, of this of fishing in Montana. And he prides himself on how good of a fisherman he is. And he always talks about how, you know, you go up into the back country and you catch the real fish up there. Well, Jim, Jim sent the picture and I'm not a fisherman at all. So maybe, maybe I just don't get it. But the, the picture he sent, I'm just going, is that... Is that your bait or is that your fish? You guys, check it out. Tell me if this is just an, I mean, you guys, he's not showing this and mad. You, we all know, for those of you that have been around, he's not mad that he's catching small fish. He's showing off right here. And, and the look on his face is like, check it out. I conquered this one. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, when you're deep sea fishing off the coast of Seattle and you're, and you're, uh, and you're reeling in something, you don't think there's anything on there. It's just weight. And then you bring it in, you're going, oh, it was a dumb little fish. I think that's what that is, isn't it? So I think we should just linger on this a while since he's not here and make fun of Jim for a while. On That's what he's catching up there in Montana and freezing his butt off and catching that. So while he was doing that, I'm, I'm on this plane, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to Kansas City, okay? Now, when you get off a plane and someone sees you, a lot of times what they'll say is they'll say, so, uh, so how was your flight? Which is always an odd question, because what's your answer? Uh, fine. Uh, there was some turbulence. You know, it's, it's like, oh, how was your flight? Well, normally it is fine, except for this one. Okay, so here's how I would best describe my flight. Here's what I want you to do. Take your left elbow and jam it into the side of the person next to you right now. Just jam it in. It's your chance to just hurt somebody right next to you. Jam that elbow in. Let it just kind of just get in there a little bit, move it around. That was my flight. I'm sitting there, and this guy comes sitting next to me. And any of you guys that are bigger, we call ourselves broad-shouldered, any of us that are like that, we sit in a chair, we sit in the seat, and the guy, you just hope that there isn't another broad shoulder next to you, but this guy was. He came in and sat next to me, and he broke the, 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 the number one unwritten rule of, of flying next to another big person. He, 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 there, is a, there is a line. It is, the, it is the, the armrest that comes down, and you do not cross that line. And he crossed it. He kept his elbow, he put his, he put his arm on the armrest, and then his elbow was, was a good five inches further onto my side. So I'm sitting like this, and the elbow is jamming into me. And I'm just getting so mad. I'm like, what is this guy doing? So, so the first, like, 45 minutes of the flight, I'm just I'm getting a bruise. It's frustrating. And then finally he turns, and he's talking to his wife, and he comes back. And when he comes back, man, I got that armrest. It's mine. And I, I put my arm down, and I'm going, there ain't no way you're getting this. And so, so now he tries. And so now we're pushing against each other. 
And we spent the rest of the flight just pushing on each other to see who could get the armrest. And as we're pushing, I'm getting more and more upset with this dude. I'm like, who are you? And this is mine now. You have to sit like this. So I'm getting all upset. At the end of the flight, he, he reaches down underneath his, his chair to get his stuff. But when he reaches down, he's all over in my business. He's all over just kind of in, you know, hanging around. I'm like, get off of my lap and get back into your seat. So, he's, so, so, so I'm getting so mad that I thought, here's how I'm going to get back at him. You know how everyone likes to get up in their seat when, when, it, when it's done and, and they want to get their luggage early, but there's nowhere for them to go? I was going to sit there and wait until everyone had gone past and we were going to be the last row out. And I'm just going to make him sit and wait right up until the end. And then I was going to get up. But then the guy turns to me after we had landed and he says, hey, how are you doing? I said, Fine. And he says, what, what brings you to Kansas City? And I said, oh, I got a conference. And he goes, oh, what kind of conference? And I said, it's a pastor's conference. <laughs> and he says, you're a pastor? And I said, yes. I'm glad you couldn't read my mind over the last two hours. Because I was not a pastor in my mind for the last two hours. I was afraid he was going to say, I'm going there too. He didn't say that. But, but, I mean, I, I'm going, darn it, the guy's nice. I didn't want him to be nice. And I walked off, and I got off the plane, and I went to, I went to my hotel, and I started working on our, on our sermon for today. And the sermon for today is Jesus coming up to his disciples and saying to them, you guys, it's time to really look at this relationship. It's time for you to really start thinking more about about what you're doing with me. It's time for you to start thinking, is there something more than just trying to live my life and and get by as, as quickly, as easily as I can to skid by and making sure that I'm morally sound? You know, there's something more to this. I want, I want to leave you with gifts that you're going to impact my kingdom. I want to leave you with gifts that you're going, to, you're going to have encounters with people and you're going to actually be able to leave them in a better place than when you saw them to begin with. I want you to, I want you to, I want you to have these encounters where you can actually help lead them towards what it might look like to follow me. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, I, I won the arm, arm rest battle. But that's all I did. I did nothing else as far as any sort of encouragement or leaving this person in a better place or, or stepping into what Jesus is calling us to do. Today we want to talk more about that because Jesus does. He has what, we, what I would call a DTR. I did college ministry for years. and In college ministry, you're always working with students that have DTRs with each other to find the relationship talks where one person, most of the time it's the girl, that will go to the guy and just go, so are we just going to stay in this infatuation mode? Are we just going to stay in this we can make out every once in a while mode and that's it? Or are we going to actually get serious here? Are we going to actually get a little bit, are we gonna, is there going to be more commitment here? Are we going to see this reflected in our life a little bit more? And so you have that, that DTR. Well, Jesus has it with his disciples. And he says, come on, are we going to step into something a little bit more into the way the Lord has made you to be? And he, sa- and he starts out a parable. He starts sharing a story with them. And this is what the, the, the dynamite series that we're doing are these stories that Jesus sits, sits down with these guys and talks to them about. And, and, he, and it shifts things. It's, it's paradigm shifts. It's, it's things that, that you, this is the way I thought I should be thinking. And Jesus is going, no, I'm going to flip down its head. And this is the way I want you to t- approach this. 
And so he does that with this subject where he's going, here's the way we think about it. And he's going, here's the way I want you to think about it when it comes to life and living, living this life for me. He shares it in the parable of the talents. Now, what's interesting about this parable, about the word talent, it's, I, I, I didn't know this. I did a, a word study on the word talent. I was just curious about it because I thought it's so weird that, that it's, it was once a unit of, of weight or then of money, and now it's more about giftedness. And, and the things maybe the Lord has blessed us with, that he has gifted us with, our natural abilities. When you say somebody is talented, I'm going, how did, how did it go from money to you're talented and you can play the djembe because you're talented? How, how did it go from that to that? And you know what, how it went from that to that? It went because of this parable. When you, when you look it up and you, say, and you look at the origin of the word talent, it shifted from this parable, it said, it's, I mean, it wasn't, I was looking at some Christian website. It was just, it, it said the word talent used to mean this, and then Jesus used it in a parable, and now it means this. That's pretty, that's pretty amazing how that can shift just from this one story. We're going to look at that story today. So let's pray together and we'll dig into it. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the chance to gather together and to, to worship you. We get the chance to gather together to, to, uh, to learn more about you. I love it, God. I love it that you've got the range of people in this room. I love it that you've got people in here that, that were dragged here. I love it that you've got people in here that were, are not expecting anything. You've got people in here that are overwhelmed, that, are, that, are, that have all kinds of, of stuff going on in their life right now. You've got people in here that are distracted easily. You've got people in here that can't wait to hear what you have to say. And other people that are on their knees expecting something from you today. I love it that it's the range across the board in here. And yet you speak to each one of us uniquely to each one of us. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to us today from your word on what this means to live this thing out in our life today. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, so here you go. So Jesus starts telling this story, and it's an, it's an interesting story, and it's a story that there's tons of times where you almost want to just stop him and just go, no, wait, that doesn't quite make sense. Tell me more about that. But it, but I, and I'll, I'll read through the whole thing, and then I'll go through, and I want to show you a couple of those pa- places where I would have raised my hand, or I would have interrupted Jesus and just gone, that's not the way we think, Jesus. I think you might be wrong, which would be the wrong thing to say. He says this. He says this. He starts it this way. He says, For it's, it's, it's just like a man who is about to take a journey. Now, I'm going to stop right there real quick, okay, because... I want to I set this in, in where Jesus is setting it. See, Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God. He's talking about the fact that he lives and he knows he's going to die. He's going to conquer death and rise from the grave. He's going to appear to everybody and then he's going to ascend into heaven. And then we're going to wait till he comes back again. And he says he will come back again. And so we're going to wait for him coming back. Now, the kingdom of God is at hand right now. It's not for that day that he comes back. The kingdom of God is at hand right now. And so he's going, all right, let me, sh- let me tell you how we're going to live in the, with the, within the kingdom of God. And he's saying, he's saying, for it's like a man who's about to take a journey. He's talking about himself, about to take a journey. What's it going to be like? What's this kingdom of God going to be like as I take this journey? And he says, and he called his servants together, and he entrusted them with his possessions. Now, I'm going to stop there for a second, too, because this is 
ultra powerful, you guys. Think about this. Jesus is saying that he's going to go on a journey. He's going to leave us, and he's in, and he's, but he's going to entrust us with his possessions. He's going to trust us with his gifts. I mean, when you think of that word entrust, what, I mean, you think someone is going to hand that over and fully trust that you are going to take it and that you're going to do something with it. Now, some people want to entrust something over to you and say, just don't do anything to it. Just let it sit there. Don't touch it. Jesus is saying just the opposite. He's saying, I'm entrusting you with this, that I am entrusting that I will trust that you will use this. Use these gifts. I'm going to entrust you with the gift and the ability to, to, to pour grace onto people. I'm going to give you, entrust you with the gift to forgive. I'm going to entrust you with the gift to, to, to speak peace into somebody else's life. I'm going to entrust you with gifts that you're going to have that you don't even know how that drew people to me, but it will as you use those gifts. I'm going to entrust you with, a, with, a, 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 with an ability to seek out those that, that don't know me and you're going, to, you're going to be able to tell them about me. I'm going to entrust you with the, with the, with the opportunity and the, and, the, and the insight into someone's problem. And that you'll speak into that problem. I'm going to entrust you with the eyes to see those that are in need and to respond to those people in need. I'm going to entrust you with my gifts. I'm going to give them to you and I'm going to say, use them. You guys, that's powerful. That Jesus is actually saying that that's, the what, that's what's going to happen with us. In this time, as we wait until he comes back again, he's going, I've entrusted you. I trust that you will use this. And then he goes on to the rest of the story. I'm going to read this whole thing to you guys. It says this. He says, so I've entrusted you the servants together, and I trusted them with his possessions. He says, now to, to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability. And then he went on a journey. The one who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made a profit and gained five more. Likewise, the one who had two made a profit and gained two more. But the one who had received the one went and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. And the one who had received the five talents came and brought him five more, saying, Master, you entrusted me five talents. See, I have made a profit and gained five more talents. His master said, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over little. I will put you in charge of many things. Share in the joy of your master." Also, the one who had the two talents came forward, saying, Master, you've entrusted two talents to me. See, I have made a profit and gained two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over a little. I will put you in charge of many things. Share in the joy of your master. The one who received one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew you were a harsh and demanding man, reaping and harvesting where you did not sow, and gathering where you did not scatter seeds. So I was afraid to lose the talent. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is your own. But his, man, his master answered him, You wicked, lazy servant, you knew that I reaped the harvest where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter seed. Then you ought to have put my money in with the bankers and it may return what I have received my money back with interest. So I take the talent away from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. 
For everyone has value, who has, has and values his blessings and gifts from God and has used them wisely, more will be given. And he who is richly supplied so that he will have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, because he has ignored or disregarded his blessings and gives them from, and, and, and gifts from God, even what he does have will be taken away. You see, he sits down with these guys and he gives them this, let's define this relationship a little bit more. And he says to them, come on. I'm giving you guys my gifts. I'm giving you guys my, the, the, the things that, 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 I am, that I have done, and now I'm entrusting them to you. And he's going, and I want you to use them. And he's saying, now I've given some of you guys uh, five talents of gifts. Some of you guys have given two. Some of you guys have given one. And that would be the first thing for me. If I'm going to raise my hand in the middle of Jesus telling the story, the first thing I'm going to ask is, wait a minute, that's not fair. That's not fair that one person got five and another person got two and another person got one. That's not fair. Because he says, he says one, he gets five, another two, another one, each according to his own ability. And then he went on his journey. I just go, that's not, that's not fair. Why not give everybody the same amount, same thing? And Jesus is saying, no, he's saying, God has uniquely made each one of us. God has made some of us smarter than others, given us a gift of smartness. That a smart person wouldn't say that word. Some of us are smart. Some of you are smarter than me. A lot of you are smarter than me. And I could sit and complain about that and say, that's not fair. But Jesus is saying, forget fairness and take what he's given you and use it for good. Use it to bless others. Use it for my kingdom. Don't sit and compare yourself to somebody else and say, but I didn't get what they got. What did you get? You know, God has blessed some of you with an ability to to make money more than somebody else. Some of God, some, God has blessed some of you with an with a, a ability to lead lots of people. When, and you might have the ability to lead a, a family. And you just go, which one has gotten, the, which got, who got the five and who got the two and who got the one? It's not our place to, to say, why did this person get five? It's just saying, use it. Use what God has given you. God has blessed some people with a creativity that other people flat don't have. Some, God has blessed some people with an ability to, to play instruments and to, to make music. I mean, I, you know, Becky, Becky comes up here and she plays on the keys. And, and she, she'll, she'll, you know, she'll play her song. I, I could do it too. See, I could sway, too, because I, I think you guys that do this a lot, like Becky, she'll sway, you know, see. See, you didn't know that I'm a five-talent guy on the piano, did you? I am. I learned that from my roommate in college. It's the only thing I know. It's the intro to Hard Habit to Break of Chicago, and um, it's all I know. It's one, one. Becky's a 17. Is it fair? It doesn't matter. Why don't you think about this? Becky can stand up here and lead people in music. And hundreds and hundreds of people are escorted into the presence of God through it. 
one of you stands up and sings, and your voice is terrible, (laughs) and you sing anyway, and the person next to you that's new is listening to that, and they're going, if that person can sing, then I can sing. And this person then goes home and has this experience where she's going, man, I never even expected an encounter with God, and I did because I was listening to this person next to me singing, and I started singing because they, they were singing, and I didn't expect that when I was singing, that was leading me into the presence of God. Which person did it better? Is it Becky, with her 17? Or is it this person that sings terrible as a two? It doesn't matter. God's just going, use it. Use what I've given you. Because the really great point in the first part of this story that he gives is that he gives everyone talent. You can't say he's ne- he hasn't blessed me with anything that's going to help the kingdom. He gives everybody something. He gives someone five, someone two, someone one. He's given everybody something. So you can't sit there and say it's not for me. Everyone has something that God has entrusted us with that can make a difference for the kingdom. Do not conclude that you don't have it. You do. We all do. You might say, yeah, but I've got a past. Yeah, but I got, I got baggage. You know, I, I was an alcoholic. Uh, I, have, I have this uh, sexual promiscuity in my past. I had an affair. I'm divorced. You, you, you can throw out all kinds of things that would say, so see, I'm not someone that should be in a position to influence for the kingdom. And Jesus is saying, no, are you kidding me? You might be the, the best person. I'm going to use you and use, use even your past. You might have an understanding that other people don't have. You guys, there's a guy that, that helped us get this church started. You know, you, nobody, uh, nobody knows, uh, only the people that were around at the very beginning know, a guy named Doug Weckerman. He was here with me and Jim, and we were, he were, we were start, they started this church together. Doug, um, Doug was, was the one that hung a bunch of the zip ties up here. I mean, he zip tied a bunch of these curtains when we first got started. He worked with me in our college ministry before that, when I was up there on the University of Colorado campus. Before that, he led a Bible study to freshmen. Before that, he was a senior in college trying to figure out his way. At one point, he's saying to me, Bill, I've got nothing to give. I got nothing to give. And he had a DTR with Jesus. And Jesus saying, I have blessed you. And I've given you this. Now use it. And all those things that happened along the way, and now he's down at Red Rocks Church running his young, the young adult ministry, all those things that happened along the way is because he finally stopped saying, it's not for me. I'm a, I'm a zero. And he said, I've got something that I'm going to need to now give away because God has created me for good, for his good. We all got to, we got to know that this is for all of us. This isn't, there, there, you, you, there isn't a zero on there. That's the first thing. Now we keep going in the story. And as the story keeps going, it's, it says now, now the person with five turned it into 10 and the person with, with, with two turned it into four. And so then I'm stopping again. I'm going now, obviously Jesus, you like that person that did five to 10 more than the person that did two to four because he's doing way more. And that's the way we, we, we operate, that the, the, the people that, that succeed the most get the most affirmation, are like the most. 
And so obviously you must like what that person did with five talents more than the one you did they did with two. Look at what he says to the person with five talents. I love this. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over a little, and I will put you in charge of many things. Share in the joy of your master. Well done. You knocked it out of the park. I'm going to give you even more now. And I want you to keep going. Let's share in the joy together. Now, with the person that only, that only had two, and went from two to four, they didn't even make it up to the five. They didn't even make it to where the first guy started. They started with two and went to four, and it's like, well, Jesus must say to him, well, good effort, keep going. You'll eventually get to the other guy. Look what he says to the second one. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over little. I will put you in charge of many things. Share in the joy of your master. That's, that's strangely similar to the first one. See, Jesus isn't comparing. We do. Jesus is looking at it and he is saying he's, he's, not, he's not measuring us against somebody else. He's just saying, I've given you gifts. Use them for good. Don't let them sit. Use them for good. But we compare. I just want to go, Jesus, that's not the way we work because we were taught from the very beginning that the one that, that does the most gets the best. The one that does the most gets the A. The one that does the most gets the, the, gets the start on the football team. The one that does the most gets the, gets the number one seat in the orchestra. The, number, the, the guy that does the most gets paid the most. The, guy that, the, 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 the woman that does the most gets, gets, gets the most praise from her friends. We're, we're in that world. And you're telling us it doesn't matter if it's 10 or 4 so long as you took what I gave you and you used it for good. You're a mom and you take your kids to a soup kitchen and you have your kids giving out soup and then you come home and you do a Bible study around that. You see why we did that? And that night you pray together about why you did what you did. And then y'all sing the doxology or some song that you're all doing all together. And another mom hears about that, probably on Facebook. And then she goes, and she goes, gosh, all I do is I, I just pray for my kids at night. And the mother mom hears that and says, you pray for your kids at night? All I do is make sure they get here on Sunday morning so they're going to be taught by somebody else that understands this more than I do. That's all I do. Which one did it better? It doesn't matter. Jesus is looking at it. He's going, it doesn't matter. Five to ten, two to four, one to two, it doesn't matter. Use it. Use it. Use the gifts that I've given you to bless others. Use the, 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 the possessions that I'm, that I'm entrusting to you to do good. Use it. See, what happens when we, when we just compare it is eventually we'll never live up to somebody. And so we'll just go, I don't know if it's worth it. I don't know if I, could, I, don't know if I should do it. it. I don't know. And Jesus is saying, I know. Do not bury this. Now that gets us to the third person. And this, that, this is the harder one for sure. He says, 
the one who had received one talent also came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a harsh and demanding man, reaping the harvest where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid to lose the talent, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is your own. This guy has a misconception of God. This person is saying, this person is saying, this is what I thought you were. This is what I thought about you. Gosh, I'm seeing the way you're responding to these other people, and maybe I was wrong. But this is what I thought about you. And this misconception about God, it led to an alien and it leads to an alienation between you and God. And that leads to mistrust and it leads to fear, and that ultimately leads to paralysis of not doing anything. It's so odd that really it comes down to it. It's an issue of trust. And Jesus is looking at, 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 at each, each of us and he's going, do you trust me? That if you use the gifts that I'm giving you, that I'm with you, that I'm walking with you in it. And then it's going to come back and you're going to see it. You're gonna, you're, 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 we're going to get to see it. Here's what's going to happen with it. Do you trust me with that? Or do you play it down the road and you start going, man, if I do this with my neighbor, they're going to start thinking I'm a Bible-thumping Christian and now I can't talk to them anymore about beer, and so I'm not going to say anything to them. You know, do you, do you, do you play it? Do you go down the road? Uh, you know, if I started a Bible study in my business, if I just put a little thing back in our break room that said I'm going to do a Bible study, are people going to start going, oh, you're one of those people? You're not invited to the, to the party anymore. Do you, do you, do you worry that, that if, you, if, you, if you step into something, you're going, yeah, but that's going to take up all my time. And, and you figure out all those things. You just go, so I'm not going to step into it because that, that will take up my time. And Jesus is going, really, ultimately, do you trust me? Do you trust me? To, that I'm giving you these gifts and I want you to use them and I want you to, I want you to step into that and I am stepping into that with you. And he's seeing this guy didn't trust him at all. And so he buried it. How many of us have dug the hole and are burying what the Lord has given us? The gifts that he's given you, whether it's two or five or or 20, no matter how old you are or young you are, how many of us have taken the shovel out and said, it's not worth it. And we dig the hole. That's what this guy did. I mean, I love it that he flat, he buried it. He buried it. Now, Jesus' response to him was not, um, it was tough, okay? He says, but his master answered him, you wicked, lazy servant. Wicked? I mean, wicked is, is for, for people that, that, you know, murder somebody or plan to murder somebody. That, wicked is malicious stuff. And you're going to call him wicked, lazy servant. But you guys, this is where we have to grab hold of how important this is. is it, Jesus is not saying this is just an option. This is something that might make you feel better. He's saying you have been built in God's image. You are created in God's image. You're created with the DNA to do good. You're created with the DNA to respond to Jesus and say, I'm going to use these gifts and, 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 and spread it out to people. You've been created that way. And when you choose not to, you're, you're pushing against what you've been created to do. And he's going, that's not going to be good for you. And it's certainly not going to be good for my kingdom. He's going, we've got to respond to this. There's a, there's a, there's a, um, a, a, a 
uh, Jesus approached the, this church in Laodicea in Revelation. And, and, and when he approached this church, he said to him, he says, now look, he says, we've got, we've got um, the hot water coming into this town. It's, it's hot water that you can shower with, you bathe with, you clean with. And you got this cold, cold water, this refreshing water coming into town that we can drink. And he said, and then there's this in-between it's the lukewarm. And, he, and, and what would happen in this, in this town of Laodicea, in this church, he, the, the water would come in and it would just pool up into this kind of just murky water. And he says, that water, you taste that and you want to just spit it out because it's just this lukewarm. It's like when you go into Starbucks to order a coffee. You order a nice hot cup of, hot cup of coffee or you order a, an iced latte. But who in the world goes up to order, I'd, want, I'd like a really lukewarm cup of coffee. No one goes up and says, I would like that, that cup of coffee that, that, that tastes like when you've been sitting with someone for an hour at the table and you take that last drink and you go, oh, that's it. but you still drink it because you, you paid money for it, so you drink it anyway. I would like a whole cup of that. Jesus is going, that's not the way I've made you. I have made you. Your DNA says you can do good. Your DNA says you're made in God's image that looks out for the homeless, that looks out for the, 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 the person in need. Your DNA has made you in a way that says, I'm aware of what's going on out there, and I'm going to listen, and I'm going to respond. That's in your DNA. And he's going, you've got to step into that. That's the life that is truly life. It's not It's not. Try to get by, make this this moral thing that says, if I just rid the sin in my life, then I'm there. The, 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 the statement that I've realized from this one is we're not here to just be a, as clean as we can. You were transformed for God's purposes with his possessions, his gifts, his likeness to do good. We're not here to just be clean. We're not here to just go, I'm not sinning anymore. And if I can just do that until I die, I've made it to, to, to heaven. But he's, he's made you to do good. Look at what, what, look at what uh, Irma McManus, a pastor down in Southern California, says. He says, holiness is not getting back to zero. If the whole Christian life is to get back to sinless, back to ground zero, what a waste. God has created us with the capacity to see the person we could become as we follow Christ. The life we could live that could bring guidance and power to our soul. He wants us to do far more. He wants us to do good. Francis Chan talks about this. He's a pastor in California as well, and he talks about this. He uses an illustration of a, of a, of a, um, of a balance beam. I love this. He uses this illustration where he says, he says, God has us get up on that balance beam, and he wants us to do flips, and he wants us to do, to, to, to do spins. He wants us to do a routine on the balance beam. That's our life as we live it out the way Jesus wants us to live. But he says, but we, what we do is we just crawl down on the beam, and, and Francis Chan actually does that. He crawls down onto the beam, and he, you hug it and you just go I'm just going to hold on for dear life and if I don't make any mistakes then this is good enough and then you dismount from that you're hugging it and then you dismount and you just go ta-da well done good and faithful servant did I do it I didn't I, I ridded myself of all the bad things and Francis Chan is just saying that's not the way that God wants has made us he hasn't made us to, to just survive this. He has made us 
to use the gifts that he has entrusted to us to go after it with other people so that our lives are blessed and other people's lives are blessed as well. To turn two into four, to turn five into ten, to turn one into two, no matter what it is. You guys, I have fought this my whole career because God, for some reason, has given me a, a, a gift to speak up in front of people. And I have fought that. I haven't wanted it. I've gone, man, I, I, it's, too, it's hard to do it. And, it's, and, 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 I, and I, am I going to run out of things to say? And then I start comparing, just so we're talking about it, I start comparing myself to others, and I'm going, oh my gosh, you know, I, I, th- I think about the John Ortbergs and the, and the Earl Palmers, the people in my life that were so brilliant, and I'm going, I'm not even close to that. They're like 27, you know, and I'm a two, and I'm going, I'll never be that. And then I see the people that are so, that have such unbelievable insight. I see a, a Jim Bergen over there at Flatirons that just a, is a phenomenal preacher. And, and the insight that Jim gives, you just listen to it and you go, gosh, that's good. That's so, that's, that's, that's so interesting how you brought that to him. And I listen to that and I'm going, I'm not going to have the insight of a Jim Bergen. You know, we're living in a world where you podcast anything and everything. And you watch all these great pastors on, on, on the computer and and, and I'm going, I'll never that. And then, and then you, got this, you got these two dudes down at, at Red Rocks Church, you know, one of my favorite churches down in Denver, an awesome church, and Sean and Chad are f- fantastic pastors. Well, I love that church. They're so cool. And I'm going, I'll never be cool like that. And Jim will definitely be never cool like that. So, <laughs> so I'm going, I, I fought this. Because I look at him going, 27, 17, 14, 2. And you guys, that's not false humility. I'm not going, oh, come up to me and tell me afterwards that I'm a 6. You know, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm just saying, my whole career, I've just gone, I don't know. I'll never stack up to that. But God has said, I feel like God is saying to me, Bill, you're an ordinary guy. It's speaking to a lot of ordinary people about an extraordinary God and an extraordinary story and an extraordinary life. Unpack that for him. Turn two into four. And so I do. And I keep doing that. And in the end, I hope I come before the Lord and I hope he says, well done, good and faithful servant. We each have our gifts that you can push away And you can bury and you can say, I don't want it. But God's saying, no, I need you to respond to this. This is life. You might be a school teacher that has got a gift to listen. And and you you can listen to people more than better than other people can. Pray each morning, God, show me that kid that I need to listen to today. That isn't going to just ask me a question about school, but maybe has something going on at home that I need to listen to today. You got my brother's an insurance agent, and and you know there's times where he wonders, you know, what's his purpose, and you just go, John, you are at the front lines of people when they get in a car accident. 
And they're all scared to death, and what do I do? And they're getting that, you're getting that call from them. And my brother cares and shows that care and pours out that care far more than I do. When, we, when, when God, we're twins, and he, he gave John a massive amount of care, and me not as much as him. And just go, you, you care so deeply for people. Show it to them. Ask the Lord to, to in the, when you go to your work to today, ask him, God, give me the opportunities to use the gift that you've given me. And then on top of that, then he volunteers with Young Life and he, he's, he, he speaks to these stu- the high school students and middle school students with wildlife and, and you just go, man, John, you are living out in times. There's times that he'll look down here at me and he'll go, Bill, you're leading a church. I'm selling insurance. And I'm going, John, do not sell yourself short and what the Lord has blessed you with and how you're using that for his kingdom. God wants us to recognize what it is. He doesn't want us to sit around comparing it to other people. He doesn't want us to sit around complaining that, we, that it's not fair, that we didn't get as much as somebody else. He just wants us to live out what he has set up for us, that it's in our DNA to, be, to, to make good, to share with others this love of Jesus. To live it out in your, in your workplace and in your neighborhood. He doesn't want us to bury it. You guys, I was, when I was flying back, the, the flight attendant, when I'm flying back, she gets on the intercom and she starts singing. She's got this beautiful voice and she's singing Southwest songs of how to buckle your seatbelt and she's singing them. And I'm just listening to her and I'm going, you're making this whole plane laugh. You are using a gift and she might not even know she's using, you're using a gift to brighten up somebody's travel that's getting an elbow in their side. You're using a gift. She's not burying it. Jesus is saying it's not an option. Don't, he's saying we, we'll, we might bury it. He's saying we can't. It's imperative we take this next step. He's saying we got to look at it. We got to recognize it. And we got to step into it. If it's one If it's two, if it's five, he's saying, live this out. It's the way my father has created you to live. And my kingdom will be blessed as a result of it. Father, I want to pray that that you would, would, would help us to recognize what those gifts are. I want to thank you, Lord, for the people in my life that have lived those out and have blessed me as a result of it. I'm going to pray, God, for the person that says, no, I got none. And God, help them to see that they don't have none. God, I pray that you would help us to maximize these gifts, that you would exponentially increase these gifts, that your kingdom would be blessed as a result of these gifts, that we would live out the, the, the life that you have for us and that we would, we would live out the, the DNA that you've set up in us to share it. And this world would be a better place as a result of it. God, for the people that care deeply, God, help them multiply that. For the people that have creativity that, that is beyond anybody else, help them multiply that. But for the person that just has an ounce of it, help them multiply that too. We pray, Lord, that you would help us step into the life that you are calling us to live and that we truly would live this out to bless this kingdom and and our own lives 
as we do what you've created us to do. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.